I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Rhiannon Hines is an Australian healer, intuitive channel, energy worker, and the founder of Intuitive Rebirth Energy Work Method, and number one best-selling author. She was trained as a body worker and yoga teacher and used to run her own incredibly successful yoga studio in Australia. Rhiannon spent many years of her life with intense spiritual practices and now continues to provide international clients with retreats and courses. She recently launched her book, The Keepers of the Light Codes, focusing on how to put an end to the never-ending journey of spiritual growth and, per and personal development and how to live a divinely supported and inspired life. Welcome, Rhiannon. I could really, really use your help. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to my season five opener, go back and listen to that. I need your support. You can go to Patreon and put in Dr. Amy Robbins, and there you can find different levels in which you can support the podcast financially. At this point, I have no ads, I have no sponsors, and it would really, really help me out if you've gotten something out of this podcast, if you could donate $5, $10, or even $20 a month to help support the podcast. I'm continuing to work to try to get sponsors, to try to get advertisers. But until that happens, I need your help. And there are other ways to support the podcast. You can like the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can rate and review the podcast. I always love reading your reviews. They're really heartwarming to me. And it's the emotional currency that I get from providing you with this resource. So please, please take a moment. Help me out here. You can also find the links in the episode notes as well as on my website at dramyrobbins.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. And you are coming to us all the way from Australia, where it is summer. It is, you're entering into summer, we're entering into winter. So thank you, because it's very early in the morning for you. So I appreciate you getting up and getting your day started with me today. Ah, uh, no, it's no problem. I'm such an early riser. So 7 a.m. Is, is like so easy for me. <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit about your journey into opening up to channeling, really. I mean, your book, your book is a channeled book. And so I'm just curious how you found your way there. For me, channeling, it started very much as a way of bringing divination into my life, bringing intuitive um, guidance into my life. And I suppose that really started when I was in my early 20s because I was just so depressed like I just just deeply hated my life had no spiritual connection was so cut off so so sad and I just thought that I was doing life as I was meant to do it so that that was in my early 20s and um like I had a job that was deeply unfulfilling I had a relationship that was lacking of true connection I started to do yoga and I started to meditate and I started to find a quiet space within my mind 
from those quiet spaces, I suppose I started to ask questions and I didn't know who I was asking the questions to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was asking questions like, is there more to life than just this? Or is this can't be it? You know, I was just asking these really broad questions from this space of no mind when I was doing my yoga and meditation. And the beautiful thing is I, I started to feel my world around me respond to reveal the answer. I was shown a job on the internet and it like sparkled, right? Sparkled and it felt way beyond my capabilities, way beyond what I thought I was worthy of. And that was to be a lecturer in remedial massage. And I just went for it. I went for it. And from that moment on, something changed in my life because I asked a question the universe presented me an answer. And then I had to move into fear to fulfill the answer. And something shifted there where my life just catapulted into a much higher vibrational experience. What do you mean you had to move into fear? So at that point, I was working in admin, deeply depressed. And I, I felt that that was all I was worthy of. I knew I was capable of more. But my unconscious, self-destructive thoughts thought that, well, if, if I feel like shit, I must deserve shit, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially, there was something there. But because I was asking for help and I was connecting, it's something showed me a different path. So there was this job, you know, remedial massage lecturer, and everything said to me, you can't do that. You're not experienced enough. You're not old enough. You're not qualified enough. And I just put a job application together almost for fun, almost to pass the time at my boring job while I was sitting at the office. And the thought of going for the interview or, or coming even close to doing this job terrified me, like terrified me. But I just put a job application. It was almost hypothetical and I just did it. When I was offered the interview and offered the job, I had to do it. And I, I remember before that interview, shaking, sweating, wanting to literally die, like wanting to die with the fear of having to do that job interview. But I remember asking for help. Like I remember sitting in the car outside of that job interview and asking for help because I was so terrified. And then that help came along and how it expressed itself was when I did the presentation for the interview, there was no fear there. It's like something else was talking through me. It's like my mind and my fears were out of the way and something else was doing the interview. Something else was making these jokes and speaking. And something opened in that moment where it's like, okay, well, if I just keep asking the questions and, and responding to the signs, despite my fears, then my life is going to keep getting better and better and better. And that is how that channel, that line of communication with the divine opened. It opened in those very tangible real life experiences for me in my life. And then through my journey of doing that, I, I was able to fine tune that line of questioning more and more and more to bring it to the point where I could ask questions with a pen and paper about very specific things and get the answer and write it down. How long did it take you through this process to connect in that way? It was actually almost instant. Hmm. It was almost instant, right? Like I always refer to that moment, right? So I was 22 when I got that job and I did that interview. 
And overnight, my life completely transformed because I went from thinking that life was happening to me and that I was the victim of this boring existence to realizing that life was magical. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that almost happened overnight. And once I, I stepped into that magical paradigm where I was like, oh my gosh, actually life is full of miracles. Then I started to believe that miracles existed everywhere and miracles started to show up for me everywhere. And I started to do things that made me feel like I was more and more in that miraculous energy. I started to do like, I started to go on retreats. I started to go to ceremonies and I started to do things that that really anchored me in that magical paradigm. So it was pretty much overnight, Amy, that I realized that I wasn't bound by my reality. In fact, I was creating my reality with the help of the divine. And once I got that transmission, which was pretty much instant in that moment, my innate gifts that we all hold and have, they exploded really, really quickly. They really took off quickly. And then it was a matter of fine tuning and perfecting these this communication. When you communicate, do you feel like you're communicating with a group of light beings? Is it guides like what how do you differentiate the channeled messages that you that you receive I love this question because the interesting thing about this is as my consciousness has evolved over the years my understanding of what I am channeling and who I am channeling has transformed over the years too okay so like in that moment I didn't know I was channeling When I go back to that 22-year-old girl, I didn't know who I was communicating with. There was a complete naivety there. I guess I would have thought it was God or the universe, but I didn't know. And I didn't know I could know. (laughs) And in that moment, my life was not very wholesome. Like, you know, I was still binge drinking a lot. I, I wasn't putting any effort into the quality of my thoughts or the quality of my water, the quality of my food. And so when I started to fine tune these channel practices, I could only tune into the vibrations that were resonant with my own field. Mm. So these guides that were resonant started to manifest. And I remember one of my first guides, he revealed himself to be Angel John, right? (laughs) And looking back, I know now that John is the name of my granddad. It's the middle name of my dad. It's the middle name of my brother. And I feel that what happened is the spirit gave me um, safety, right? <laughs> here's this, here's this, here's this divine being that you can trust. He has the name John. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The messages that came through from this being were very limited, looking helping me find things around the house and helping me to make decisions about my work and things like that. And then I started to change. I changed my diet. I stopped kind of partying. I started to evolve. I started to really focus on my energy work. And then I started to really connect with the Holy Masters. And I I was really connected to the energy of Mother Mary and Kuan Yin, those two in particular. And so I started to call, call on those energies in my healing work. And how did you know those were the energies you were connecting to? Just by asking, did they have a different quality to them? Well, this is the thing. At that time, my understanding of a holy master was an image 
And it was the feeling, the resonance that came into my body based on that image. So when I say Mother Mary, we all conjure up this image, right? And this image holds an energy that is a transmission. So now I understand looking back that it is the energy that we are calling on. So it is the energy of that unconditionally loving mother energy, right? That is all around us. And now I know that I didn't need to call upon Mother Mary and conjure up an image and believe that I was connecting to this one being, right? In this, who took this one form. Now I understand as my uh, understanding, my consciousness has evolved, that what we can do is there is infinite resonances that exist all around us. There's an infinite number of vibrations that exist all around us. One of those is the unconditional love of the Divine Mother. One of those is the Christed consciousness of oneness, right? And we don't need to say that we are channeling a holy master, but rather we can call forth that energy. We can emanate that energy. We can channel that energy into words. We can channel that energy through our hands in our, in our energy work. But the beautiful thing is if we take it one further, we don't have to be limited by one frequency. So people who really focus on one source of channel, they're tuning into one vibrational frequency that exists in the omniverse right in that there's a limitation I believe because what about if there's another energy that is trying to to move through you what about if there is a more all-encompassing set of information that wants to come through you mm. so now I call forth my highest and brightest guides I call forth the beings of light that wish to serve me and humanity on our highest path and then in that, sometimes I channel very shamanic energy. Sometimes I channel energies of my ancestors. Sometimes I channel the energy of oneness, the energy of Christ consciousness, the energy of the galactic beings. It doesn't matter. And when we focus on one or we think that we are limited by one guide, one vibration, we limit the quality of information that wants to come through. Okay, interesting. So let me see if I understand this. So what you're saying is that when we when we connect, we should be connecting with the energies, not specifically the beings that have information to trans. Do you say transmit or transmute? I would say to transmit, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. But if if you're someone that says I only channel Christ consciousness, that consciousness has like the the frequency on the radio of Christ consciousness would be oneness. Yeah, exactly. But then yeah. you're only tuning into that. It's like tuning into the 80s station. You're only going to get 80s music. You're not going to get 90s and 2000s and 2010s and some, you know, I don't know, Drake well, or um, whatever. <laughs> if you if you're channeling Christ, you've set the bar pretty high. So if you're channeling that energy, right, you've set the bar pretty high. You're you're probably you're probably okay, right? <laughs> so so, so then you get all like so then you get all the all the all the tunes. But if you're channeling like I guess maybe other Mary or who what other beings, individual beings do people yeah, or like, you know, it's a lot of people channel Archangel Michael, so beautiful, such a beautiful energy of protection. 
right? But what about if there is another resonance that wants to come through to assist you with expansion, with your mission, with clarity of your vision, you know? And if you're focused on this one frequency, which is protection in one way or another, then you're going to miss out on the infinite source of information that is there for you to tap into. And there is so, like, we all have an army around us, right? Mm -hmm. We have an army of light beings that are there to assist us. And this army is resonant with your soul. It's resonant with your soul wisdom. It's the souls, the souls that you have connected with through your infinite lifetimes. It's the beings, it's the, um, it's the galactic beings that you're most resonant with as a, as a soul. It's the, the holy masters or the angelic angel, um, energies that maybe you've connected with through your, your infinite lifetimes and your religious experiences, right? So you have this army around you and you're going to get flashes. You're going to get insights. You're going to get feelings that there is one being that is there for you, right? And if you overly attach to this one being, you're going to deny the infinite source of information that actually is there for you. So this mm. is the this is what is happening. Is like a lot of people they overly connect to one source of, of information, one source of energy, and they limit themselves. So if you understand that your guides are a collective consciousness. Mm. Your guides are a collective consciousness of the highest frequencies of love, protection, um, wisdom, truth, like all of these beautiful qualities. So, so, so channel, tune into, ask for guidance from the collective consciousness of your highest guides. Mm. And that okay. way, all of that energy is going to show up for you in different ways. And is it always showing up for you through in meditation? Because I wanted to read this from your book, which said, I realized that true and integrated spirituality wasn't about leaving my body and venturing into the cosmos. True integrated spirituality comes from being so deeply connected to the absolute bliss of the present that all space and time can be accessed in every now moment without ever needing to close your eyes. Yeah, exactly. It's all here, all around us. It's all frequency, right? It's all energy. And so you know, well, how does that look in day-to-day -day life? If we're not sitting in meditation, having these moments of insights and and inspired inspired insights or wisdoms or channeled information, then, then how is it looking day to day? Wow. You're going to feel the presence of these divine beings any moment that you just create a bit of space. And when I say divine beings, I mean, divine energies. Mm -hmm. You're just, you're going to feel that, that presence anytime you just create a bit of space. And when I say create space, I mean, create space from your mind. Mm. Just while you're thinking, you're not feeling. Mm. And you can feel, you can feel anytime. When you're playing, like I've got two really young kids. So when I'm playing with them, say I'm sitting on the rug, we're playing toys, playing with these little animal creatures, 
sometimes I'm thinking about my work. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do, right? I'm not feeling the experience. And sometimes I'm in my heart and I'm feeling this beautiful mothering energy. I'm feeling this energy of this observer as I witness these innocent, beautiful beings play. And there's this high, high vibration that is present in the room. And then I might get a drop that relates to my work that brings me so much clarity and I haven't even need to try and think about it. A beautiful example of this was uh, I was driving, I where I live is full of beautiful big old trees. It's like very deep in the forest. So everywhere we drive, like on these really fast open roads, it's just like, it's beautiful and there's nothing to see but trees. And um, I was driving, I forget where I was driving, to pick something up from my mom or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was driving to this house, like through these, these forest lined streets. And I had this desire to listen to this Welsh singer. So my mom's lineage is Welsh. And like my grandmother, my name is Welsh. My grandmother is her first language. And I had this real, I never listened to music in the car. I have a very strong desire to find some Welsh music. So I literally pulled over and went on Spotify and I was searching for Welsh music, like Welsh hymns. And then I just put put it on and I kept driving. And then as I was driving and I was listening to the music and I was watching the trees, I felt my heart opening. And I felt these like really, like a very druidic, a very Celtic, very ancient energy all around me. And, you know, I felt that connection and I didn't need to make any more sense of it than, than what it was. I was just being shown another layer of truth to who I am. And Mm -hmm. I didn't need to go into meditation. I just needed to feel Mm -hmm. and just respond to my desires. That moment where I wanted to put on that music, just respond to that and feel. And all of that you're saying is just channeled, channeled information. So if we can open ourselves up to it in this way, then we can always be channeling that higher consciousness. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I just want to like bring the word channel off a pedestal. We mm-hmm. are all channels, right? And we all channel in different ways. To write a book is like a very audience channeling experience, but we're all channeling energy through our body. We're channeling wisdom and, and creative insight throughout our purpose we are all channeling so many musicians are channels artists channels actors actors are the perfect example of people who are very capable of tuning into a specific frequency and anchoring that frequency into their body in that moment so let's shift a little bit and talk about the book what exactly is a light code as to bring it back to those energies, like, you know, the, the wisdom that is embedded in those higher energies, they are light codes. It's the wisdom embedded in the higher energies that we can infuse into our lives and into our bodies mm-hmm. for the betterment of humanity and the earth. Okay. So it's just the wisdom. Not, not well, just, yeah, that, but, 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 <laughs> but that word wisdom is very like multidimensional, you know, that, that word wisdom, you can look at it from like an intellectual perspective, but if you feel the true essence of that word, it's a very layered word, right? The wisdom, <laughs> the wisdom is just the, the, no- the knowledge on, on mm-hmm. every level. So in your book, you talk about lessons and initiations. Can you explain to me 
sort of the difference between these lessons that come through um, versus these initiations that seem like little meditations? Yeah, so as I wrote this book, I didn't have any plan around how it would go. I just kept sitting down with my pen, with not with my pen. It started with my pen, then it moved to my computer. I just kept sitting down and um, then it moved to my phone. <laughs> and I just kept- I love that, I just kept, that you were like, I was just sitting in the car and- <laughs> Yeah, I just had to get it done whenever I had. Yeah, um, so I was just receiving, right? And then once I, I started with these lessons, lesson one, lesson two, and then all of a sudden- it shifted and it was like initiation one. And I suppose the lessons are very simple reminders, true, simple reminders of our true spiritual nature and the true nature of this existence that as we read them, a lot of people are going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. But it's a reminder, right? It's a little like a little tune up of our energy just to remember who we are. But then the initiations kind of like energy work embedded within a text. So as you're reading the initiations and the practices that go with them, something is happening to the reader's energy. And it's definitely a lot was happening to my energy as I, I channeled this. And what the initiations are working on is the resistance that we all hold or most of us hold. The resistance that we hold to the idea that we are absolutely whole, absolutely perfect, complete masters of this existence. So when we start to understand that as who we are, we start to live life differently and show up in our life differently. So there is, my mind's just gone blank, but I'm pretty sure there's 28 initiations. Each one is working on a layer of resistance. And some of the initiations may feel not relevant or like they had no impact because maybe that was a layer of resistance that you had already shattered. Whereas some of the initiations will be like, oh, I felt that because that is something you was hold- were holding mm-hmm. in your, yeah, yeah, in the resistance to that, that understanding. And And you say in the book, you can read the book, but also listening to to the words are really powerful. Yeah. Well, a lot of the meditations within the initiations are always going to be better received, right? Because it's very hard for us to follow instructions from our analytical mind and receive the, the process from a complete space of surrender. So if people can have the opportunity to have the meditations read out to them or they can record them on their phone and then listen back to them then they're going to be able to just lay down and melt and receive so what does it mean then for for us to be the keeper of the light codes we we as individuals hold that wisdom yes of course we all We are all here to live an extraordinary life. We're all here to feel the miracle that we are. We're all here to live in complete alignment with the true essence of our soul and how that soul wants to experience this existence. So we are all here to be those keepers, those keepers of the light codes. But the problem is that our society, the constructs of this 
existence society has these strongholds in people's minds and perceptions of who they are and how they're meant to live and it's the spiritual awakening that helps to free up these strongholds release the strongholds one at a time but a lot of the um no matter how far we get along that journey there's often these veils that are so sneaky that we don't even know that they're there until they're gone and they can be, they're usually the veils of doubt, the veils of worth around, am I actually good enough or ready enough to claim that I am a master here to live a divine life? How do you find which space you live in? Do you feel you're always living in that space of connection to the divine, divine guidance? Or do you also slip into human thinking and mundane existence of the world? Yeah. So this is a really beautiful question because as my awareness has shifted, my experience of the day-to-day has shifted. Mm -hmm. So there is no high, there is no low. There is no connection to the divine and then the mundane. It is all connection to the divine. Even when you're thinking, even when you've got these like lower energies, these lower projections, you're you're angry or whatever, it's still the divine. It's still Mm -hmm. God, right? God is all. And what it is that brings you into that divinity in each and every moment is the ability to hold non-judgment and awareness of all aspects of yourself. Mm -hmm. So say you're driving along the freeway in traffic to work, right? And you're frustrated and you're bored or you're, you're resentful to your life and you're crying and you're experiencing that hurt, that pain of what it is to be human. And at the same time, there is some some aspect of yourself that's witnessing you in that struggle. That is the most divine experience, right? Because there's that's the surrender to the, the full expression of what it is to be human with the ability to witness yourself as the divine observer. Mm-hmm. It's our resistance to life in like its fullest expression in each and every moment that stops us from experiencing divinity in each and every moment. Mm. So most people are waiting for a specific feeling and they say that that is the divine. That moment after Mm -hmm. yoga when you're in bliss and shavasana, I felt God. God was there the whole day. God was there while you were crying. God was there while you were bored eating lunch. It was all all God. Mm -hmm. God was there. And it's that separation that stops us from realizing our divinity. And when we can infuse that non-judgment and that witness into every moment, then we start to have more magic in our day, Mm. way more magic. Mm -hmm. This all made sense to me in such a different way than usually when I've had Chandler's on before and they talk about it feeling like totally separate from them. I love this integration piece. And I loved how you in in the start of your book really talked about that piece that you when you became you were pregnant and when you got pregnant and couldn't you were running after a toddler and pregnant and you couldn't you could no longer separate the 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 two. It felt 
fully integrated for you. And that's often where I, I, my hope is where people move to is the integration of all of it, not it being separate. Yeah. There's a lot of suffering in the separation and that can be the most advanced channel, the most advanced person who can connect to these really cosmic energies. Like if, if those higher energies aren't infused into each moment, then there's going to be suffering. Like I hear so many people in the spiritual world saying like, you know, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back to earth. I find I struggle with, I struggle with existence. I struggle with this life because it's, it's harsh. And like, I get that. Yeah. I get that this planet is full of like intense hardship, but it's full of magic. Mm -hmm. It is full of magic. As I look out of my window and I see trees and like this seven, nearly eight. So the sun is reflecting off them and they're sparkling and they're blowing in the wind. And the more you see the magic, the more the magic is shown back to you. Yeah. Like these beings of light, the galactic beings, the holy masters, the energies that are around you all the time when you're crying, when you're mad, when you're bored, like all of these lower energies that you're feeling it's just your awareness of yourself and your love of yourself in all of your pain and all of your darkness and all of your light. It's your love of yourself that shifts you into these higher energies instantly all the time. And can we talk real quick about the Galactic Federation of Light that you reference towards the end of your book? Um, and I know I've had a couple of other people come on and talk about this. But what is your experience of the Galactic Federation of Light? Yeah, so I actually I actually don't reference um, the word federation. Like that's a different thing and that's not something that is. Got it. Um, right, so, but what came through is the Galactic Army of Light, right? <laughs> the Galactic Army of Light. So I won't, if anyone's interested in Galactic Federation, then I'm, I'm not your girl. <laughs> okay. I'm not your girl. Yeah, so, but for me, the Galactic Army of Light, right? So as I was channeling the book, because I have, have a lot of guides, I wasn't sure who I was channeling as I channeled, but I just kept setting the intention, my highest and brightest guides that are here to serve the, the highest trajectory, the highest path for humanity. And then the messages were coming through and the energy was so high and I trust that wisdom source. And then... At the end, I started to get a very strong transmission of what this was, right? So light, there are so many light beings on planet Earth, you know, that are taking incarnated now in these physical bodies, operating at higher frequencies. And these are light beings, right? There's the human the human souls that have incarnated infinitely into the past and infinitely into the future, they're light beings. The galactic beings that are light beings, the holy masters, the angels, the fairies, the whatever, right? Interdimensionally, infinitely into the past, the future and all of space. There is light beings <laughs> throughout all of these fabrics of existence. When you interweave all of these light beings, there's basically this beautiful divine web of light that weaves through all of existence. And this is a collective consciousness. 
this is a collective consciousness that knows the divine blueprint of planet earth infinitely into the future and the past this is the highest source of energy that is all wisdom for all space and all time and this is the galactic army of light got it okay well Rhiannon this was so enlightening inspiring thank you so much for your wisdom and your channeled wisdom if people want to learn more about you or your work where can they go to find it if you want to learn more about intuitive rebirth which is a modality of energy work that is so beautiful calling forth these divine energies to go to intuitiverebirth.com um, my instagram is a great place to find what I'm doing more like consistently. So that's just Rhiannon Hines with an underscore. And this will be in my show notes too for everybody. And in March, we're doing our first in-person intuitive rebirth practitioner certification in Bali. So if you want to learn some magic in seven days in Bali, mm. then you can find that on my site too, intuitiverebirth.com. I want to <laughs> go to Bali for seven days. Come to Bali. It's going to be sound, so good. That sounds amazing. Well, Rhiannon, thank you so much for your for for your insights, for the work that you're doing in this world to bring more of us closer to that divine energy. So thank you. Thank you. Same to you, Amy. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.